Civil War Talk Radio with Jerry Prokopovich. Today we're talking with a guest who's on the front lines in a number of ways. Historically, studying the Battle of the Crater in 1864. Historiographically, looking at new ways to interpret the battle. Technologically, recording his thoughts online in a blog for all to read. And educationally, at the very front line where the rubber meets the road, teaching the Civil War to high school students in Virginia. Join us today with Kevin Levin on Civil War Talk Radio. Honey, what was that website we were going to look at to save on our energy bill? I wrote it down. Um, Here it is. It's energysavers.gov. Saving money on your energy bill is just a few clicks away. I'm Energy Secretary Spence Abraham. For useful tips that can help you save on your energy bill every day, check out our webpage, energysavers.gov. Hey, this is great. We can start saving today. Remember when you laughed during a business conference? You felt more energized, more alert, and more receptive to the message being delivered. Hi, I'm Russ Dalnack, and I make people laugh. And as a professional humorous speaker, I open up a morning conference session with a laugh or close off the day with a funny recap. It's, it's just a one-of-a-kind experience. Visit RussIsFunny.com right now. Get an audience into it. You know, if they're laughing, it's paying big dividends. They're more relaxed. They're more creative. And if nothing else, a humorous speaker leaves each and every one of them with a smile on their face. You need comedy. Custom, clean, clever comedy. Otherwise, your audience might just doze off. <laughs> just imagine, if you had to listen to hours of serious commentary without a break, come on, pack some upbeat energy into your next event. Humor works. Find me, Russ Dalnack, at russisfunny.com because, well, Russ's chubby.com was taken. World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. Coming to you today from the Civil War Talk Radio home office in Greenville, North Carolina, which is my own home office and not on the campus of East Carolina University, where the show normally originates uh, as summer schedule is upon us now, but still not speaking for East Carolina or its minions or uh, a chancellor or indeed anybody, just myself and the guest for himself. It occurs to me in some past shows I've forgotten to uh, give that uh, boilerplate legal warning, and there is a legal doctrine I recall dimly from my days of practicing law many years ago, uh, justum generis or some some other good Latin phrase, in which if you mention uh, parts of a series but leave some out, the exclusion is considered to be significant. So... If you go back and listen to all the archives and find the shows where I failed to say I was not speaking for East Carolina University, uh, perhaps you can work up some kind of lawsuit based on uh, uh, the, the university saying outrageous things and uh, uh, offending or upsetting people. And, uh, and they have much deeper pockets than I do. I, I, there's no point suing me as a state 
university paid professor uh, that's not going to get you anywhere but the university you know, that, that could work um, I should probably shouldn't have given that advice either today's show uh, not only comes from the home office uh, but comes from the home office where I'm staring at a blank screen as the home computer has made some very bad noises and has been shut down to avoid a complete hard drive malfunction so we're coming to you with 19th century technology I found a pen and a pad of paper on which to write down my uh, thoughts about today's show. I've not done this in several years. I'm not sure I can read the writing. Uh, so it, it, it carries the, the very uh, air of the 19th century as we use old technology. On top of that, uh, again, apologizing for burdening you with personal items. I'm suffering from some sort of allergy that causes me to have most unpleasant coughing fits. So if anyone is still listening at this point, uh, prepare for what will otherwise be a wonderful show. Uh, and perhaps uh, this would be a good show in which to donate, perhaps out of sympathy. Uh, donations to the Civil War Talk Radio Fund are always welcome, and anything received this week will be put toward the purchase of a new hard drive to replace the one that seems to be going down even as we are speaking here today. But enough about that. Let's get to the show. Our guest, as the introduction pointed out, is Kevin Levin. Kevin, are you there? I am here. How are you okay. doing, Jerry? Uh, I've done better in the past, but I'm, <laughs> I'm better now that I hear your voice. I'm glad well, we'll, we'll work through this together. That sounds good. Um, usually the guests we have on the show can be uh, categorized in a word or two, a professor or a reenactor or a, <laughs> uh, a museum a curator or some other uh, single role, but you've got a number of, of roles. Let me start with your background. Tell what uh, what got you interested in the Civil War in the first place. What got me interested? Well, that's um, that's, a, that's an interesting question for for me to answer here. I I, I definitely have a, a different story from the the ones that I typically hear on your show. I mean, usually that you, you hear of uh, uh, stories that involve a young boy of four or five. Uh, traveling to a Civil War battlefield, or or perhaps even being given that wonderful book, the um, the one that came out in the early 1960s uh, the, that everyone talks Cat, about, Cat, the yeah, American Har uh, Heritage Book. That's right. Um, I'm I'm sort of a a latecomer to the Civil War. I grew up uh, about five blocks from uh, the beaches uh, along the Jersey Shore, um, and about uh, about five blocks from the the closest casino. So. I had different interests, I guess, when I was, you know, growing up, and I actually didn't uh, come to the Civil War until my mid twenties. And uh, I was a, um, to make a long story short, I was uh, uh, majoring in, in philosophy of all subjects as a graduate student at the University of Maryland, and my advisor uh, lived out uh, in Boonesboro. So of course, you can now begin to piece together where this is going. And I used to go out there uh, to dog sit, and um, well, he would go off to conferences and other things, and. Uh, I think my first trip, he gave me a uh, list of things to do in the area, and of course, one of them was uh, the Antietam battlefield. And uh, I still remember my first trip to, to that battlefield. I really had no background in the Civil War, and I ended up on a tour with uh, Ted Alexander. Mm. And I think some of your listeners will know uh, that name. He's the I think he, he's now the chief historian out of Antietam. And I went on a tour with with Ted, and uh, I was hooked. I don't. I, I still have difficulty. Um, explaining, you know, what that hook involved, but um, I was fascinated by the stories and and the landscape. I think the the landscape more than anything else, and looking at the monuments and trying to imagine for myself what took place. 
um, in September of 1862. And I remember going back the following few days. I picked up, uh, I think I, I picked up Stephen Sears, uh, his book on on the battle, and I read through that book while I walked um, the battlefield. So, so that was, uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm sort of a latecomer to, to the study of the Civil War. Um, I'm sort of catching up, I guess, to others. <laughs> I can't say that I'm not uh, just a bit envious of those stories of. Um, you know, walking on the battlefield with parents and 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 those types uh, t- types of stories. Well, you know, you never know when when the the bug will will strike. Uh, Antietam right. was the first battlefield I visited, and it did have that effect on me. But I was there with my two younger brothers, and you know, they thought it was interesting, but it mm-hmm. didn't didn't uh, change their lives. And sometimes one has to be older and, and you know the moment happens when it happens that's right now my parents at one point tried to take me to williamsburg when i was uh, nine or ten and it, it didn't stick i was a miserable um i was a miserable kid for those few days probably just waiting i, I guess when you grow up close to the beach in the summertime it's hard to compete with that <laughs> i think that's what they were up against so i guess uh, this kind of interest had to wait for uh just the right moment you said you were studying philosophy at, uh, in college or yeah. graduate school. Yeah. And uh, is that your educational uh, specialty then, or your educational background? That's my first uh, master's degree, uh, and I graduated from Maryland in 95. And, and I more recently decided to go back uh, and do another. This is sort of after I, I, was, I became much more interested in, in writing about the Civil War uh, and, and trying to think of ways to open more doors for things like you know publishing, uh, and so I decided to go back and uh, do another graduate degree, and so I chose the University of Richmond. And I spent three years. Of course, I was teaching full-time, so uh, I couldn't finish, I guess, in the normal two-year span. Uh, I took an extra year, and I had a great experience. Uh, I studied with um, a wonderful historian, uh, Robert Kenzer, uh, who focuses on uh, the Civil War and beyond. And uh, it was a great experience, and I finished that um, I finished last May, May 2005. Yeah. If, if you see him, uh, give him my greetings. Uh, he and I corresponded uh, when I was at the Lincoln Museum many years mm-hmm. ago, and I, I don't know that I've seen uh, Dr. Kenzer in, in, boy, I don't know how long, but uh, yeah. do, do say hello for me. I will. I will indeed. Um, so so then you were studying history, and you said you were teaching full-time. Where was that? Well, I've been here at St. Anne's Belfield, uh, which is in Charlottesville, uh, since 2000. And uh, so this is, I just, I guess you could say, I just finished my sixth year uh, at this school. Before that, I spent two years uh, teaching philosophy at a math and science school down in Mobile, Alabama. And um, I was happy to, to move back uh, closer to New Jersey, closer to my parents. But I've been here in Charlottesville uh, for, you know, for six years. And, uh, and, we, and we love it here. Uh, you know, obviously, as a historian, um, this is an ideal place to live. So, it uh, certainly is. Now, what what kind of things do you teach at this uh, this, this, this I, I high teach, school, a K twelve school? Uh, yeah, it is a K through twelve. I teach uh, mainly uh, juniors and seniors in the upper school, mm-hmm. and uh, my responsibilities include teaching the the survey course in American history, uh, including the advanced placement, the AP classes, and then I'm allowed all of us in the history department. We're we're able to offer uh, electives, and we really have. Uh, full range uh, in terms of the kinds of courses that we offer. And over the last few years, I've been offering um, a Civil War elective. And it's taken on different shapes, but, um, but, but it's a popular class. And given my interests, um, and given what you can do with students, 
you know, teaching a class in central Virginia in terms of what's available, what's a few hours away by bus, um, really the sky's the limit. And so um, for the last five years now, I've been offering um, an elective on the Civil War. Next year I'm going to change it up a little bit, but uh, I'll keep the Civil War in there at least for one of those two semesters. We operate on a semester uh, schedule. Let me ask you a bit about the the survey course, which anyone teaching at the the college level or the advanced high school level uh, comes across sooner or later. You have to teach it at most places, the the general U.S. history, which, uh, in my experience at East Carolina University, is often filled with students who are there because they need to take a social science course. Uh, They're not particularly interested in the subject. Right. Indeed, the ones who are most interested have taken your AP course in high school and placed out of the requirement to take mm-hmm. a survey in college. Mm-hmm. So, by definition, it's the the less interested student. Now, in high school, American history is a required subject. Right. Uh, as I understand it. Well, we you can't open uh, you can't have a discussion on on, on education today, uh, certainly at the high school level, without getting strong opinions on all sides. And frequently you will hear people, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll hear people argue that uh, our students today are woefully ignorant, or, or uh, you know can't locate what century uh, the Civil War took place yeah. in. You'll see newspaper articles with surveys right. showing how yeah. how little students know. Yeah, a new what's, your, what's your experience there? Well, a new batch of those statistics just came out. I think the number I remember was 65% can't even pick out uh, Iraq on a map, which is disturbing on a number of different levels. You know, I, my experience, you know, it's tough to answer that question because my experience teaching in a private school, uh, teaching small classes, I mean, my, the average size of, of my one of my survey classes is um, is maybe 13 or 14 students. So, you know, given that many public school teachers, uh, I mean, and I really respect what they do and what they're up against, 30, upwards of 30 students in these classes, it's very difficult for me to, at least from a, a, a personal perspective, to gauge um, what, what kids know and what they don't know. Um, I mean, here at St. Anne's, um, they know a little bit. I mean, the last history class that most of them have taken is, is back in seventh grade. And, you know, my job, as I see it in the survey course, is to, is to I think, take them out of that more, for lack of a better word, sort of patriotic, uh, very narrow perspective on U.S. history. Not that the opposite perspective is where I want to take them, but to get them to a point where they're able to see um, U.S. history from multiple perspectives, uh, I, that to me is, is, is the primary goal. I, I think it's clear that, you know, Americans in general have very little interest um, in in history, as much as we claim to be interested, I, I, this this tension between uh, those two positions is I find very interesting. Well, um, what about that though? Don't you? I mean, I mean, when you go to a battlefield, you go to Gettysburg, it's packed. You go in the summer, it's full of people. You watch the History Channel. There's something on Discovery Channel's doing history. A and E is doing history. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't don't you? I would argue that Americans are interested in history. Uh, but they're not very interested in history classes, which might is be a true. different story altogether. It might be a way to create some category that, that would that would fit these people in. I'm not sure what you would call it. Um, and you might be right. I, I might have the numbers. I might have a just. I might be off in that in that sense. Um, 
at least here, um, I mean, it's a class that, you know, students take because it's required. Um, and I have a few every year who finish the class with uh, a more enthusiastic um, sort of observation of, of American history. Um, but I would say most of them just, you know, continue on. I don't know if they will be required to take another history class in college. Um, I, I tend to see it as, as, as really the only chance for most of them to get some kind of uh, grasp of American history, the important events, the important people, and, um, and, and more importantly, just the sort of analytical tools to, to think about American history or to think about the past in general. Um, well, you talked about having multiple perspectives, and the, the phrase that flashed into mind there is, is critical thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's not so much you're teaching them to forget their old interpretation and learn your new one, that, but rather right. to. That's right. I mean, I, I emphasize more than anything else um, the analysis of documents, um, multiple documents, and, and out of that trying to create an interpretation on their own um, through newspapers, through speeches, and other kinds of primary sources. Um, so if I can give them that tool um, and, you know, as much of the content as possible, uh, then I think I've, I've succeeded. Um, and, of course, that's not sort of talking, we're not here talking about, well, what are the essentials uh, in the American history course? I mean, I think that's another interesting question. But for the way I see it, um, my goal as, as I think about them going off to college is, is really the, the skills that they can use in any history class um, and then in other classes that they're going to be tackling in their, in their college years. But they do come out of your class knowing what the two sides were in the Civil War, which side won, for example. Yeah, they get uh, the Civil War is definitely emphasized uh, in, in the survey course. Um, and I try to, every year I try to mix it up just a little bit in terms of what I look at at the Civil War, because I, I find also that the teacher has to, has to keep it interesting. Um, it, it's never, it really isn't much fun going through the same, the same shtick year after year. So, um, this past year, we looked at a little bit of um, a little bit more, I should say, of, of the women's role um, uh, in, in the Civil War. And in previous years, it'll be the, the soldiers' perspective. All of these are emphasized every year, but just to just to keep it, you know, a little bit that 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 sense that it's new for the teacher. That uh, there's a little bit more excitement there uh, than just going through it, um, you know, year after year. Um, but yeah, I, I like to think that they leave my class with a solid understanding of uh, of American history. Um, to what extent that's actually true, uh, of course, you know, that's that's a different problem, perhaps. And the other issue that I really do emphasize in my class, and I make this very clear up front, uh, I think the most important issue in American history, especially for my students who really don't have much familiarity with it, as much as you think they would, uh, that is the issue of race, the issue of slavery. Uh, and then out of that, or, or along with that, uh, the issue of race. And I think those, I think those themes, uh, they obviously course throughout American history. And, and I, think it, I, I think that I have an obligation um, to really give them um, a deeper sense of how it's shaped American history, both um, fr from a number of different angles. And, um, and I make that clear. It, it's never easy talking about it in class. There's a certain defensiveness about it. Um, but I, I think it's important nonetheless. Now, your own historical research and writing is focused uh, uh, to some extent on the Battle of the Crater. That's right. Um, and it, we'll talk about that in our next segment. Sure. I want to get back to that, but certainly race 
played plays an issue uh, plays a role in, in how that battle developed. Absolutely. Um, are most of the students uh, that you teach white? Yes. So that Absolutely. again will affect their perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, that creates some opportunity, and it also it also you know limits the kinds of discussions that you can have in class um, because I think that I, I think the racial perspective is is very important. Um, well, we're going to take a break here sure. and come back in just a moment and talk more with our guest, Kevin Levin. We'll talk about his research on the Battle of the Crater in 1864 when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. Thank you. 